Amanda and Baron with Kicking Cancer Cares, and we are back again. Our sponsor for this whole second half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. If you are looking to buy a home, sell a home, or just not really sure where to start and want to get in the solution with that, give her a call at 503-409-4389, and then continue to keep her in your prayers, you guys, as she is currently fighting her own battle with breast cancer. Yes, but you know what I did not do on the first half of the show? What? I did not give you an update. No, you Today did not. Today is, is Saturday of Cancer Awareness Weekend. Okay. Okay, so the first game was last night, right? In fact, I think, didn't Jerry's sister show up the first pitch last night? Or your somebody in your family threw the pitch last night? It's actually tonight they're going to throw out a first pitch. Oh, okay. And it's Jerry's mother and sister who both had breast cancer last year. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, that's but awesome. But there's two games today. Right. So there's, there's one in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Well, Bill Brown, oh, who has yeah. a great singing voice. Mm-hmm. Michael's la- so, dad, right? Michael's dad. Yeah. So Bill Brown's going to sing the National Anthem at the afternoon game. And Michael's going to come and throw the first pitch out. He's done it for a couple years now. But last year, Ozzy was pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. I reached out to Shyla. He's actually doing really well. That's amazing. And so Lisa may not know this, but that little boy, statistically should have died last november mm-hmm. and he is fighting and is, beating the odds so he is going to get out of that little wagon you keep seeing him in he's mm-hmm. going to stand up with his little tiny dog and throw out the first pitch this afternoon. <laughs> oh i love okay. it that's, that's awesome. awesome yeah i'm so glad to hear he's doing so well he's doing amazing that's so he's great because they things were not looking so good last time they were here no it's been an up and down roller coaster for sure it has so you guys please continue to also keep ozzy and his family in your prayers well, there was one shocking bit that I didn't get to in the last half hour. Oh, okay. I had such a great discussion with those other ones. <laughs> um, I think that as we get into Lisa's story, this will be intriguing. Okay. So this is this section is called Little Known Risk of Radiotherapy. All right. Radiation. Mm-hmm. Okay. When radiotherapy shrinks a breast cancer tumor by 50%, everyone assumes it's a good thing. But researchers at UCLA discovered that the radiation often kills benign cells. Benign meaning healthy cells. Right, they're non-cancerous cells, right? right? It also makes the surviving breast cancer stem cell resistant to further treatment and Mm -hmm. up to 30 times more likely to form new tumors than non-radiated breast cancer cells. Interesting. Another study found that ionized radiation reprogrammed less malignant breast cancer cells into becoming breast cancer cells. So the radiation to kill the cancerous cells is reprogramming the other cells, and then they're becoming cancerous cells. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes on now. It was a 2004 study. It was a large study of, of ladies over 70 years old who had been diagnosed with estrogen positive and or progesterone positive stage one breast cancer okay so if you remember that the numbers refer to risk right stage one is very low risk mm-hmm. i would advocate that if you're diagnosed with stage one just start talking doing what kicking cancer is talking about but they they gave these women with stage one breast cancer radiation it had no increase to overall survival after the radiation therapy wow. no no increase no um, it didn't affect the cancer, okay. right? 
five years after this study was published, nearly two-thirds of the breast cancer patients over 70 were still being given unnecessary treatment of the radiation. Oh, wow. So you're over 70. You get diagnosed with stage 1 breast cancer. You go into your doctor. He says, we're going to do some radiation. The radiation doesn't any good. And they continue to give you radiation for five years wow. knowing that it wasn't any good. I just don't understand. Well, I'm at a loss for words on this one. <laughs> now, doesn't the doctor that prescribes the radiation, don't they get a cut or... Um, it's my understanding that chemo is the only wholesale product. Okay. It's my belief, and I would love for Lisa to weigh in. It's my belief that the protocols have for years been, you do radiation, you do chemo. That's the protocol. Right. Right? You, you do a mastectomy to cut it out. You do radiation. That's been the protocols. And so because that's the way we've always done it, then we keep doing it that way. Right. Except the study, which was almost 20 years ago, said that, Stage one, it was, it was doing no good, and yet they kept doing it for five more years for these women over 70 years old. And that's got to put so much on a body. That's got to well, create more of a problem than obviously it's helping because it's not doing any good. I feel like it would create a lot more medical issues. This might be a great chance for you to tell your story, Lisa. Well, the first thing I would, I would say to that, to, to that study is... Hormone replacement therapy was such a big deal. And during the time that I was diagnosed, they were discovering that between birth control, which is also a hormone replacement type therapy, right, and menopausal hormone replacement therapy, that they were having an epidemic of, and they wouldn't even talk about it, but there was an epidemic of cancer, breast cancer diagnoses. And and these are epidemics that have to do with HER2 new, with um, estrogen, progesterone positive uh, cancers. And so they would go in then and give the, the repressive, you know, now we're going to, you know, those, those, those replacement therapies that we were doing, now we got to repress them because they've caused this, you know, the apple cart, it's been turned upside down. Mm -hmm. So I would venture to say that what, they were being treated for was not radiation so much because you can't take radiation for that long, but, but the replacement therapies that they were doing or the repressive therapies that they were doing. And many times because science, science, because imaging has become so good, they can find the smallest of cancers in, in any place. And, and, right. and then they went to using, um, the the imaging that was actually a heat sensor imaging so they could find mm -hmm. where cancers were actually starting to grow. Right. Well, the problem is that you go after a problem that may have resolved itself because our bodies are built to go after the malignancies. Okay. They're built to do that. Yeah. It's meant to do that. And so when we interrupt with a radiation therapy that we think is innocuous or, you know, it's going to stop the problem, we don't know where that's going to go. Yeah. So it's you know just my my own personal story is that I I I drove Dr. Bud nuts because I was doing my own I was doing my own due diligence. And for those that don't know, you're talking about Dr. Bud Pierce. Yes, and he's our you know he's the uh, the guy behind the Cancer Awareness Weekend, and you know the the thing that we want to remember is that when in 2000 you know I remember being a very young girl wondering what am I going to be doing in the year 2000. There you go. So, um, so what were you doing in the year two thousand? Yeah, I was I was a mom. I was working, you know, for our business and um, and enjoying life. But boy, and, did and I, building a baseball stadium. Yeah, and, and just you know all those things that that you do, and you know, 
being Mickey's mom. And so, it, you know, it was a powerful time. And so for me personally, I did all the research I could possibly, that I had access to. And when I first, um, the story is rich, but when I first discovered that there was a lump, I read everything I could. And American Cancer Society says, well, 80% of the time it's nothing. Okay, on with the rest of my life. And so we waited until after the season was over to do any anything oh about goodness. it. But they did. They did do the um, the mammogram, and I didn't even hear about the results of the mammogram until I went ahead and had a you know biopsy done. And it it was a fast pace at that point. It was a let's go after this. But I was only stage two, stage two A. That uh, which the, is very so low just risk, beginning of stage yeah. two. Yeah, okay. and the radiation oncologist told me. Um, I want to say his name is Dr. Williamson, but anyway, he was a wonderful man. He said you have about a ninety-seven percent chance of never having it again. I was like, okay, great. I mean, that's hope, and that's a very important thing that we give people. Mm-hmm. But I did, and, and don't take someone's hope away. That's hope right. Hope is very contagious. Yes, that you thieve it, you're wrong. But right. So I did the whole shoot and match with what was called the Red Devil, and you know oh. the 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 whole chemotherapy and radiation. And I remember, remember March second of two thousand one, my last radiation treatment. I said, I'll be okay if I don't have to do that any of that ever again. Right. At the same time, I met a lot of people, and a lot of people, the, the group, the small group that was formed, I was the only one that survived out of all of them. Oh. So it was very... Um, Discouraging, probably. Well, every time you heard somebody had a reoccurrence, you felt like you were hit with it. Like you yeah. Were the, like you were the it one. Was having, you. Yeah. So I think that learning what we're learning now, and when Dr. Bud Pierce said that he felt in his lifetime that cancer would become a chronic disease rather than a death sentence, I thought was very powerful because that's the direction we want to take people. Right. It's absolutely the direction we want to take them. Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, it's, 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 it's a weaponization of a, a disease, I think, that, that's happened to us that I pray that people seek that opportunity to use some alternative methods. Yes. They, Interesting that you uh, phrased it that way. So earlier in the last segment, we talked about the fact that in the early 1900s, they saw pharmaceuticals saw this opportunity to create drugs and right, and so we would pay for our health basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're right. We've kind of we've kind of weaponized. We weaponized, right. and we've the word cancer is like strikes fear in your brain, and mm-hmm. and so you come to this lady and you say, oh, by the way, you have stage one. And they don't even know what that means. They don't even realize that one's not bad. Right. But you have stage one cancer. So if we had been doing this show for over a year and a half, Amanda, and you had been told you have stage you have stage one breast cancer, what would you think? I'm thinking it's the worst of the worst. And yet stage one is not the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. And and so if we can get a shift, like Bud's talking about, okay, get this shift to where doctors go, you have stage one breast cancer. What we want you to do is start eating healthy food. Want you to start getting some exercise. Want you to start all these things that Kicking Hands have been talking about. Oxygen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get good rest. All this stuff that your body can heal itself. Yeah. It's an inflammation. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, all disease is inflammation. It's the body's reaction to something that, that may have started, and then the body didn't. You know, you didn't do or you didn't know that something was started, so you didn't respond. It's an inflammation, and when we respond to inflammation. The way we know to rest, good food, oxygen, yeah, mm-hmm. and de-stress. Yeah, I mean, stress is probably the biggest driver of inflammation that there is. Mm-hmm. And so, and I and I speak from knowledge of, 
you know, I always tell people, okay, I'm feeling stressed, but I go straight to what's the worst thing that's going to happen right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Oh, what is the worst thing that's going to happen with this stress? Take me, yeah. Just go, I just go right to the end of it. Go, (laughs) that's no big deal. On to the next thing. That's good. I, I read a book some time ago and it talked about that. And it said, if you have a scenario in front of you and you say, what's the worst that could happen? And if you can live with the worst that could happen, well, then go do it. You know? So, like, when Brent and I did that first Spartan race, mm-hmm. like, I'd never done a Spartan race. Uh, what's the worst that could happen? I'll hurt myself. I can live with that. So, I went and did it, yeah. right? Like, but that's a really good way to approach it. Is. It is. You know? I've never, I always, I always just dwell on no, I, all of the other ways leading up to well, the worst way, and then it causes worse stress. And Well, evil is, a vicious um, cycle. evil yes. is, the, the food for evil is fear, and stress is a form of fear. And so... Um, you know, I, I, I constantly preach to people and try to remember myself, which I'm not always successful, is that, you know, the opposing virtue to fear is faith. And if, if we can just always reach for the opposing virtue to what it is that we're up against, it, 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 it's, 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 it's like, a, you know, the saying that, you know, Jesus thirst on the cross. Well, his thirst is met with our prayer. Our prayer means his thirst, which satisfies our need. Mm-hmm. And if we can just continue to answer that, we can heal. We can heal everything that happens to us, but we have to teach people how to do that. And it's, it's a, it's a beautiful form of just let go. Yeah. You know, and remembering that where we're headed is, is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> In spite of everything we hear, it's yeah. going to be very cool. Well, the listeners obviously cannot see this, but um, usually I wear my kidney cancer shirts, right? Yes. But I'm not wearing one of those today. Okay. So this is a commemorative shirt you guys did for one of your cancer awareness weekends. Yeah. And they had this, you had like, like this clearance sale, and I went out and took it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like one of these shirts left on my site. So I grabbed <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, He's a shirt guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to wear my t shirts in You here. do. Um, but you had mentioned that it was early 2000, March. March 2001. Well, well, 2001 was my last treatment. I I was diagnosed in September of 2000, and then uh, March of 2001 was my last treatment. And I had started talking to Bud about, you know, wouldn't it be nice to do something that didn't necessarily raise money? Anybody can raise money. Yeah. I mean, and I've always believed that. Wouldn't it just be nice to just have people get together and just be together yeah. and celebrate being alive. Yeah. So that was kind of your idea for the first, and it was just a, it was a one night, right? Yeah, and then Bud said, this this was fun, let's do it again. So, you know? so when was the first cancer awareness night? I want to tell you that it was 2002. So the following year. Yeah, so it was 2002. We just, you know, he just bought some tickets, gave them out to his, his um, you know, patients and their families. And our very first uh, first pitch was a young man. His name is Chris Holt, and he um, uh, he had leukemia, and um, just the neatest kid, the neatest kid I'd ever met. And um, Mickey was pretty smitten with him too because he was a big baseball guy and <laughs> you know, just a tall, lanky kid. And he was fourteen, I believe he was fourteen, or he turned fourteen shortly after he threw out the first pitch. But you know, he, his mother and I became very good friends, and um, Chris lost his battle. It was really hard <laughs> because Mary was just so, she was just so good. I mean, she was one of the best mothers, and, you know, he had two brothers, and Chris, um, his one brother did give, um, it was a stem cell transplant. Okay. A bone marrow transplant, yeah. I should say. 
And, um, and it just was too close of a match. Mm. And, you know, when we went up, uh, when we went to his funeral, the chaplain from the hospital came and, and talked. And he said, you know, this was a kid that anybody could have had inspiration from. Because when we talked about his cancer battle, he said, stuff happens. Really? Mm-hmm. So I'd like to meet more of those. Yeah. You know, I'd like to be that for someone right. else. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you did your first one. It was one night. How how many years had you been doing it when you went to a full I weekend? I think it was like three years. We, you know, went from can, cancer awareness night, to cough, not the same thing, <laughs> cancer awareness weekend. But you, you've been you've been nationally recognized by the Major League Baseball for what you did, haven't you? You know, and that's what that, yeah, that was, gosh, back in 2005. Talk about okay. getting old, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a, it was a wonderful award that we won for, um, you know, just bringing awareness to people that just telling the story of this isn't about money this is about human life coming together celebrate you know talking to each other it it was just i remember the first walk i did the Komen walk that i did um it was like four days after i'd been diagnosed i was walking along with this lady she says well how long you know when were you diagnosed i said "Mm, three days ago oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to hug you and hold you tight you know this was really good so you know that's the kind of stuff that um Again, extends life. Yeah. Because it's hope. Yeah. Well, I I was thrilled to, and again, this is podcast number forty two. When I told meeting you, and I still re- remember we we launched the organization in January of nineteen. Um, at that time, you had a gentleman named Mitch Graff who was the president of the team, I think, and he was coming to Salem Greeters. And I, I said to Mitch, I said, I would love to get involved in cancer awareness weekend. He said, Well, you have to talk to Lisa. That's Lisa's thing. You know? <laughs> and he immediately, and I didn't know you back then. And I still remember being really nervous to go into Lisa's office and talk to her. I just wanted 15 minutes to talk to her. And we had this wonderful conversation and we got involved with cancer awareness weekend. We've been with you now for. Four, I think four years. At least, years. yeah. 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 Um, so pretty soon after you started kicking cancer. Yeah, we launched in January, and we did the the first one was in June. So that that first half of that first year, oh, um, that's where I met Nolan. Okay, was that first year he threw the first pitch, um, and I could just go on and on about the story. But is there like one or two? that really stick out in your like people that really stick out in your mind that throughout the first pitch besides that young man you just mentioned right besides chris well you know it's kind of hard to be chris's story but it um there's it's always about well <clears throat> this oops this next one that, coming up or i think she's throwing it tomorrow night sunday night a gal that came in and she was visiting with me um here gosh just a few weeks ago and she was t- and she was telling me her story and her and her son loved to come to our games and they come in and they, you know, they look around the team store and they just love being there. And I just think, I need to spend more time with these people. They, they, they do love what we do. And mm-hmm. I'm stuff, you know, got myself crammed in a corner working hard. Well, her story is beautiful. She just got done fighting cancer nine months. She, she was this, and I'm visiting with her about it. And I let her walk out the door. And I, about a half hour later, went. Oh, I need to ask her to throw out a first pitch. What am I thinking? <laughs> right. And too, too much in the inner workings that I, so I thought I'm going to have to go look up her name and find her. Well, then, gosh, 10 days later, I saw her at the game and I ran up to her and I said, I forgot to ask you. And this was really, but would you do this? And, and her son told me later when she went, um, she was getting something at the concession stand. He, she, he said, you really made her very happy. Oh. And, you know, we forget that those are the those things we have access to that we can give to people mm-hmm. is 
is a gift to yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, it, and it's interesting you say that because I, um, I had a chance just this week. I got a phone call out of the blue, which caught me off guard. But it's a, a gentleman with the American Cancer Society, oh. and they're trying to create this Oregon Cancer Caucus of like-minded groups. And so he's just asking right. me on the phone, you know, what is kicking cancer? What are you kind of trying to do? And, and I'm like. We're kind of taking a different approach, and right. you know, and sometimes it's not going to fit in the American Cancer it, Society. It's right. not going to fit. I'm the, sorry. It was it was a hard sell to this guy, but I said, you know, sometimes all a person wants is to be recognized. Well, I'm thrilled that tonight, Robin Barney from the Kaiser Times. Yes, I love Robin. Robin Robin came to me like a year after we've been doing this, and. She said, just I love what you guys are doing because, you know, I was diagnosed 43 years ago. Oh, wow. And I said, can we, can we honor you and tell your story with cancer? And she goes, no one's ever wanted to tell my story, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. So Robin's going to throw the first pitch out and Victoria Shin yep. and Mayor Clark. And Lisa Walker are going to do a trio of the national anthem. That's what he says. That's what he keeps telling me. You're going to have to test Kathy. I can play air guitar. (laughs) I love that. Kathy and Victoria are convinced that you're going to sing with them. That's hilarious. Um, But you know, like like tomorrow tomorrow night's game, um, Gracelyn, the little three year old, she's going to throw out the first pitch, and that memory. We'll stick with those families. That's right. You know, and not was there the money kid, raised? The, there was no the money. Joy. The whole the family, joy. the mm-hmm. joy and the happiness, mm-hmm. and then just being recognized by a group of people. Yeah. It that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a feel good. Well, and and, the, and I think that you know, in essence, that's um, you know, one of the things that we do as part of the program is we ask people to send in pictures of survivors or you know family members that they want to be remembered. And I think that it, uh, the players are all very touched by it because they realize that you know that this is, this is our community coming together and, and kind of loving on each other in a way that you know they might not get it otherwise. Right. And I think, um, you know, with Mickey's story about you know that night him telling me, "Mommy, it will be okay." I told that story at his wedding. You know? oh, oh, that <laughs> yeah. must have been and fun. And Mickey said, "Oh, you had all the baseball players crying." <laughs> 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 but it's it is about emotion that is well placed and that emotions you know that 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 we can come together we can support each other yes there are tears yes mm-hmm. there's there is fear there's but hope can destroy that with you know just a a general opportunity to to share yeah. yeah what what can i do for you right how and and for me personally that's what cancer awareness started out to be and I'm glad that I'm sort of being you know propped up by Baron as far as stepping in and doing so many pieces of that to make well, it very successful because it I'm it's just a big thrilled deal. to work with you on this well I I mean I I needed that I need I need the out uh, the people who are on the streets talking to people coming back and saying we really should honor this person or we should you know consider that's a huge thing for me because I'm not necessarily on top of that right. piece Mm-hmm. Well, in our timeline, in our last couple of minutes, our timeline with kicking cancer, uh, what we've been doing, Lisa, is kind of walking the listeners from the day I started this in 2018. And so we're up now to about early April of 2020. Mm-hmm. And something very intriguing happened, if people can remember, in early April of 2020. Oh, co- well, co- COVID had COVID. started. COVID, <laughs> COVID started. March, March 18th, 2020. Yeah, COVID has started. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the solution was that we stayed six feet apart. 
That was yes. the solution. Oh, yes. Remember? The solution mm-hmm. was to say it's part. And and Mike Adams is a really good friend of mine. And I'm watching his restaurant. Like, no one can go in the restaurant because, heaven forbid, that you'd be at a restaurant, right? So I reached out to Mike Adams, and I said, I've got an idea. Let's remind people that Adams River is still open. You wear your kicking can shirt. I'll wear mine. We'll stand in front of your your catering van, but we'll stay on opposite. We'll be six feet apart in the picture and say, oh, by the way, Adam's rib delivers. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and a so, very good idea. You know, yeah. and mm-hmm. so I did well with Claire Duran in front of Classic Homes, and we just started this thing called Where in the World of Kicking Cancer with all these pictures. Yeah. Well, then I reached out to Lisa, and we went in front of the the, the, the stadium. Pitching. Well, yeah. the hitting facility. The hitting yeah. facility, mm-hmm. and her and Jerry over here. Because, you know, they're married, so they can be close together. Right. That's right. And I was over here. <laughs> so we were definitely six feet apart. But um, that was just how I kind of kept going when, you know, heaven forbid we'd be more than six feet together. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of what was going on in April, early April. And, of course, we did a great picture with Lisa and Jerry. And, yeah, fun. Yeah. Fun. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. It was fun chatting with you. Yes. Thank right. you for having me. Yes. All right, you guys. Our sponsor for this half of the show is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. If you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, or just not sure where to start, give her a phone call at 503-409-4389 and continue to keep her in your prayers and thoughts. And we'll be back next week as, as the, the movement, movement continues. continues.